0: This episode is sponsored by New Energies. Shout out to JC and Alan for hooking the boys up and joining forces with us. The World Talk Kitty with Cody and Arden starts now.
1: have yeah i got to try it yesterday actually busy day at work so it was pretty pretty hectic one got to throw in some of those it's uh they they hooked us up with a ton of samples that's pretty sick and then yeah i got to the gym actually feeling good i'm not one for like energy drinks or even coffee rarely but didn't have any of that was feeling good went in crushed an arms day beach bod day i mean what else can you ask for yeah exactly it's great. It tastes good too. It's like, uh, it's like great candies. It's, uh, you remember those like 25 cent like machines that you'd like put your quarter in and you'd spin? Yeah. Yeah. A little trout was probably running around the rank being a shit disturber with that stuff all the time. But that's what it tastes like. It tastes like those candies. So yeah, highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, man. They, You gotta send some my way. They emailed them all to you, so you gotta send some my way.
1: Hey they're coming your way in the mail. They'll be there uh about one to two business days, depends on peer later if they're gonna step up their game, but oh I forgot, no free advertisements, so they may or may not be going through (laughs) They may or may not be going through peer later. (laughs) Um down the road though, uh Frozen Fort, you gotta check that out. Crazy day yesterday. Those semifinals were lit. I mean Minnesota, Duluth, and Ohio State the last five minutes of that game was probably the best that I've seen in a long time.
0: Oh yeah, and the goal you tweeted out kinda caught fire on Twitter there, but yeah. That seems to be junior hockey in a nutshell, hey.
1: That's uh there was so many different aspects to that because UMD I'm I, that nice blogger whatever we threw that out, shout out to myself. Uh the Minnesota Duluth, they got all those prairie kids. Most guys playing the AJ, SJ, MJ out of the frozen four. Go and knock off the big guns of Ohio State. But, yeah, Tanner Leszczynski for Ohio. That guy is going to be something else. And UMD was just able to hold the fort. The other semifinal, Cale Morris. I uh, I got a blog on that as well. So another pat on my back. We might as well uh, keep going with those. Uh He was phenomenal. They beat Michigan. They scored three seconds left. I hate Notre Dame as much as the next person. But that's a pretty incredible performance.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he was kind of like that the whole year at Morris, say, where he just like stood on his head and was kind of the
1: back one of their team. I really didn't see that. He was good. Like, don't get me wrong. He was good. Basically phenomenal. I've seen a couple of bad games that he had. But when you compare the big picture, the last goalie to win the Hobie Baker was Ryan Miller. And he's putting up better numbers, better performance. Now he's all the way to the national championship. Something Ryan Miller didn't do when he won the Hobie Bakers, so how Cale Morris isn't in this is obscured i mean the the kid played one period last year, that's one whole period, and now he steps in and he's the best goalie in college hockey.
0: yeah, I don't know. It just like maybe nowadays the points are a little more inflated or the goalies are all better all around, yeah,
1: it doesn't make sense. It's something where i would I would have to argue that. For him not to be a top three Hobie Baker finalist is obscure. That's that's something where, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just turning a blind eye to him because Notre Dame had nine losses on the year. Maybe that's what they're going to try rip on him for. But other than that, Montreal's got a hell of a prospect there in Jake Evans. He had the game winner. Also, uh, tied things up at two in the second period. So, he's gonna be phenomenal. Like, he had a three point night. He might have pitched in an assist or something. Grabbed an apple on his way through. But, hey, great, great, I mean, tournament there. It all wraps up tomorrow. Tomorrow night. I think that game's on TSN too. They're not gonna rip us out of this one. Don't have to watch it online. So, uh, that'll, that'll be fun. But, who, who are you gonna pick? Notre Dame? Or UMD?
0: I'll go UMD and stick with, uh, the, the SAC. Boys on that team, you had a blog up on that too, hey.
1: Of course. I've had blogs up on everything. Go check that out. World Hockey Report. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Oh man, to go against Notre Dame after that semi-final would be stupid. UMD's good though. I, I do, I like their goaltending. I like their offense. They got a bad taste in their mouth after last year. That is true. That's, uh, Oh, now you're gonna swing my vote. I don't wanna, I don't want any Adam influence on this one, but. I already called it. I said Kale Moore should be in that Hobie Baker consideration, so he might as well wrap up this incredible season with an NC, Nice little national championship for him. Crazy hockey day yesterday. I know. I think we were all up till about one in the morning watching those. uh I can't call them stupid Sedin's. I have to like them or something. They're they're Swedes. Ew. Uh, yeah, Sedin's. A uh, farewell tour and one last home game for the ages. I mean, what can you compare? Okay, I got a crazy one. Could you compare that to the OT winner compared to Kobe putting up 60 in his last game? Is that on the same scale?
0: Yeah, for sure. And just, although Kobe, I don't even know if he shot 40% that night. He had like 80-some shots or something ridiculous. R.I.P. Yeah, he had like, he didn't shoot 40% in his last game. And But yeah, it's the same deal where they get an ovation every shift. They get cheered for every shift. They play way too much or way more than they have in the past two years in one game, but yeah, it's comparable.
1: I'd agree. That's a, that's a pretty crazy send off. And I really think the fans went a little bit overboard with the whole like ovation, every shift. Like I get it. They're great, but let's just save that for the end. I mean, it's uh, they never won a cup though. That's crazy. Is they're they're that good. They're that in sync. And they just never really saw that playoff success.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that Viking clap was kind of weird.
1: That was stupid, that was Did some... Did you see that? Yeah. That was, that was some European stuff there. That can stay away from NHL rinks any time. Not, not a fan of that. Hey, I'd be a horrible host, though so if I didn't mention that, we got uh, Brett Work coming on. Bad Kissingen, I think I said that right, it's, I don't know, he played in Germany, Landis League, a guy's a beauty, gonna be joining us on the show. First year, he's a rookie and pro, helps the team. Bring home a championship. Team gets promoted to the Bayern Liga. So that's a, that's a pretty huge step there. So, uh, yeah, the Manitoba boy, another Prairie kid coming on. We'll get all three provinces here. He'll be joining us eventually, eventually on the show. Back to the Sedin. Some of those numbers from the, the game was pretty outrageous. I know you had a tweet. Caught some fire there. I'm not sure what we ended at, retweets and likes. But, you know, uh, go over some of those stats that you were able to point out.
0: Base offs were 33 thirty three twenty two the uh daniel's first goal was uh his twenty second of the year at the thirty three second second period assisted by Henrik and then the overtime one two thirty three into the extra frame or i guess if the third period was extended twenty two thirty three mark but yeah that's pretty crazy hey like yeah it, it's like wow like and you you knew something was gonna happen to eh? Hey?
1: I said it, I called it, I said this is rigged, this is going to overtime and one of the Sadines is gonna score. I mean look back at that tweet, I kid you not, I uh they don't have a time on Twitter, hey I look back at it says twelve hours now. Okay, no nine twenty six. That's I tweeted that. I said, hey, one of the Sadines is gonna score in overtime like the NHL has this rigged. This is this is too obvious. This is black and white here. Boom, what happens? Cody's right. Surprise! I seen something cool about that first goal, though. Is it was in the second period, but like with like the sixty minute clock into the game, it was at the twenty two thirty three mark. So, dude, everything in that game just added up to like the NHL had this rigged, guaranteed. My
0: favorite part was in overtime, and like three on three is kind of built for them in their modern day, where they're giving each other those little area passes that only they could get to. And ski.
1: There's something else for sure, and just. How they move the puck, even on the power play like that, four on three, dude, they don't look like they should be retiring. That's something where there's there's not many players in the league. I mean, like, you got your Stamp Coats, your Kucherov, who can do that, but just with ease, the saucer passes they're tossing out there, nasty.
0: Yeah, and, um, well, a lot of people don't want them to retire, because they both had 50 points. I mean, Henrik only had three goals, but he still had 50 assists, like, but Apparently, a lot of people in Vancouver are saying that they hold themselves to such a high standard that them coming back and getting 25 points, they weren't gonna do that. Like, they'd have to leave, like, while they were still good type of thing.
1: You know what I didn't like? Was at the end of the game, like, they're doing that, like, uh, final interview and the fans are chanting one more year. Like, I get it. Like, you're like, oh, we want them back, but, Yet again, it's like, shut up. Stop being gutless. Like, let these guys retire. They've spent 17 years in that hellhole of Vancouver. Team that sucks has had one good playoff run in 2011. Shout out Luongo. Calls out Timmy T, the boy. Uh, other than that though, like, just, just let them retire in peace. Give them a standing ovation, cheer, do your stupid Viking clap. Don't, don't chant one more year. I think that's just, that was, that was a little bit too far. I don't know. Something about that just it grinded my gears.
0: Yeah, I didn't really think either. And then Daniel said about those chants. He's like, "Well, I saw my kids in the stands, and then I realized that I was making the the right choice."
1: Hundred percent. those guys have families too. It's they, they were loved in Vancouver. You hear all good stories about them and how you know they're donating millions to charities. They they just did so much for that town. And they really just they laid low. They weren't in the spotlight all the time. I mean, I bet you Vander Kane and Juniors got more attention than they did. So, they. I mean, hey, hell of a career to them. I'm not a fan of Swedes. I'll say that one straight up. But yet again, great way to go out. Do you think they should play in this last game, or you think they should just take it off and just just call her a career? That last home game was enough. I
0: think the last home game was enough, but. Once again, apparently they're just the the types of guys who go. Well, we have a game on the sh- schedule, we got to play there. And then they said that Edmonton was their favorite, one of their favorite places to play. And one, they probably lit them up the last ten years, right? Like when Edmonton <laughs> was at last every year, they go in there and know they're getting three or four points. And then, um, well, two, they have a brand new rink, so it's probably not that hard to get there, I guess.
1: Do you think the Sabines got in one last last night? Like, do you think they were? Like okay, let's go hard now. I mean, we're we're basically done.
0: I think they'll get the proper send off in Edmonton too, because apparently when Ryan Smith retired, they made the like their Canucks teammates go back on the ice and go and shake his hand. So I'm sure that'll happen tomorrow in Edmonton too.
1: Interesting. That's a that's a look back at the past there for the hockey world. Um, enough for the Sedines. I'm not a Vancouver fan. Let's uh let's move on from them. But uh, Nashville, they clinched the President's Trophy there so you've got to see enough of them so far are, are they got to be the, the Cup favorites kind of or they, they've got to be right up there
0: yeah I think so but I've played play like three times and I personally think that that series would go seven and you could flip a coin to see where they're going but yeah President's Trophy made it to the Cup final last year maybe could have won if their top two centermen didn't get hurt but yeah they're You could say they're the cup favorites, but there's about five cup favorites.
1: Everything went wrong that was possible last year for them. That was such a tough one. I think this year they're they're a little bit more prepared. They've got that experience. That experience is priceless. You, You can't tell me difference. So guys are just that much more prepared, and they're that much hungrier, knowing that they were so close to a cup. I can't even see Winnipeg really... Standing in their way. That, I could see that being a great series. I mean, going six, seven games, but yet again, I think Nashville's a, a little bit too much. And as, as I predicted, I was on a, a sip of sports. Check them out, 12 ounce sports radio. Uh, I was, I said it's going to be a Nashville, Boston, Stanley Cup final. That's my prediction.
0: I was really hoping Boston would get first in their division. Kinda not looking as likely because they lost to Florida yesterday and lost to Tampa a couple games ago, but. I don't know. I, I think that Boston would have a tough time with Toronto. Like anybody would have a tough time in coming out of that division, but it's just so hard to and even even this year too, everyone said Washington was done, but they still won their division and they still have over a hundred points. And it's like, well maybe maybe this is the expects them to win where they actually win.
1: Washington is they've just got like that Eastern Conference is actually incredibly hard to come out of when Generally, you'd look at it and you'd be like, okay, Pittsburgh is probably going to walk through there. Not this year. This is going to be Pittsburgh's toughest path to the cup that they've had in a couple of years. Guaranteed. It's, it's not a cakewalk. Columbus gave them a run for their money. Boston and Toronto are both looking good. Washington's not going down without a fight. They can find a goaltender. That'll be helpful. Boston's kind of struggled of recently. Boston, but they're, they're still trying to get Rask into his playoff form and it's not working. It's, uh, they gotta stick with Kudobin.
0: Ion, I'm, I'm wondering what Washington's gonna do with Grubauer and Holtby, cause Grubauer stood on his head the last month and Holtby's just kind of been riding the
1: pine. I think you go with Grubauer. I, you know what, maybe you give Holtby game one? And if that doesn't work out, cause they're, they're most likely going to be playing Philly. I mean that's uh, odds are there. I think that's Flor- kind of up in the air
0: still. I yeah, think
1: Florida, Florida has, has a points, chance yeah. if if they win out and F- Philly loses, then I think they would get one Florida. Game and Florida has two.
0: Yeah, Philly has one game and they're up four on Florida, and Florida's two left. So Florida won two would be in because I think they have, would have better row.
1: Yeah, they've got more wins than whatever they want to go by. It's something stupid, but welcome to the NHL. Tampa's looking to, uh, kind of finish off that Atlantic division, so hey, good for them. That's, uh, it's a, it's a heck of a season. Either way you put it, I mean, Tampa and Boston have both been phenomenal. I don't know, do you think Toronto's going to be that dangerous in playoffs?
0: I think so just because they, uh, they have all the young guys, right? Like, they don't have to worry. Like they're kind of playing with house money in a way where they didn't really do anything to go for it, right? Where they still have Matthews on his entry level contract for next year, so maybe they get defense winner two. But it's so tough because if they play Boston, they're going to Boston, right? And then games one and two, Bergeron's going to be attached to him. So I don't know. Just but if you told me that Toronto was to be Boston and Tampa, I wouldn't necessarily be.
1: You're off your rocker. There's no chance Toronto beats Boston and tampa that's that's outrageous but,
0: but they they technically finished third in that conference too right
1: I don't care you that's Boston and Tampa like that's that's two teams with some playoff experience who are playing outrageously good,
0: and I don't like Tampa as much as everyone does.
1: They're still a good team though, like, their, their offense is still good, they still have good defense, if Vasilevsky can figure it out. I just can't see Toronto doing that. Toronto's offense is good, but defensively, like, if Freddie Anderson can't pull ship, are they gonna have Curtis McElhaney running them in playoffs? Like, that's, uh, that, that team scares me with inconsistency.
0: Yeah, that's fair, just cause they give up so many chances, but, t- like, Vasilevsky's Still scares me, like if I was a Tampa fan, I'd be kind of worried about him.
1: Yeah, that's a funny one because we were talking about him as like a Vesna candidate probably a couple weeks ago. Maybe a month ago, maybe a month ago. But, uh, now he's, he's struggling and getting into some of those NHL awards, that's obviously coming down the line. I heard some good talk about the Norris too, or maybe I was reading it on Twitter, but you know, if you gotta pick a a Vesna candidate or a, a winner right now, who are you going with?
0: a probably
1: that's uh i think that's uh, that's a pretty good one there's a couple of other guys who really they, they don't like get
0: gibson's I, even up there too uh, i think gibson could be up 3
1: you know some crazy numbers that i've seen is that mark andre Fleury in vegas still has a 931 save percentage
0: yeah, but he's only played 45 games. Like I think Vashlewski had that after his first 45.
1: Dude, a 9.31 save percentage is nasty through 45 games. I know, but it's 45 games. Dude, that's that's still crazy. And then Connor Hellbuck, 43 wins for the kid. Well, I mean, and he well, wants
0: to play the last game to set the record.
1: Yeah, I know. Most, like
0: uh, most wins by an American goalie.
1: I I think I mean it's a uh, he's having a great year. He is something where I really think he can. I mean, if, if Winnipeg's gonna do it, it's gonna be on the back of him. He's a he's a calm goalie. He's big. He plays well. I've liked him ever since watching him at the World Championships and stuff. So that that's a guy who's really stuck out. He's matured his game. He's improved. And dude, it, it's proven with 43 wins.
0: Last year, you look at Winnipeg, and he had like a 900 save percentage. And then, apparently, he just completely changed his game. And now you look at him, he's one of the best goalies in the league.
1: Now, everyone was saying that. I think I've seen something with our our friends there at TSN or Sportsnet or one of those clowns. They were like, oh, he completely revamped his game. And then I also seen someone on Twitter, I mean, I know our our reliable source of Twitter, that had posted something that's like, Connor Hellbuck is doing nothing different than last year. And it was showing like saves he was making and goals he was letting in and it was, it was, it's so similar. Like, I think the biggest adjustment is that experience and just that mental aspect. Like, it's not like he changed. He's not no longer a butterfly style goalie or he's no longer a stand up. Like, he still plays the exact same. It's honestly like he's just making those extra saves. It's, yeah, they, they make it seem like, you know, they reinvented him. Now he's a vehicle with three wheels.
0: I guess maybe the Steve Mason signing maybe pushed him this year and kind of said, you're not really, or maybe even going into training camp, they're like, well, you're not really our guy. We kind of have a two man system here. And then he kind of took the ball and ran with it. Cause last year there was nobody pushing him. Right.
1: I'd agree with that. That's, that's 100% fair because he's got to be pushed. I mean, young goalies, if they're not pushed, they end up like Vasilevsky. He wasn't pushed at all this season. I mean, Louis Deming's not gonna push him. Peter Boudai, Budaj, as I like to call him, uh, was not pushing anyone there, so. Yet again, you give him that leeway. I mean, sure, they're good goalies, but you still gotta challenge them. You still have to put them in that environment to succeed.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's coaching tips from Cody right there. 101. Give me a job. Uh, Joel Quenville. I almost butchered that name there. Joel Quenville. Uh, he's gonna be staying around. I was shocked. With everyone jumping on board of like, oh, let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of Stanny. Like, I mean, that that team was considered a dynasty a few years ago. And now all of a sudden they're just jumping ship. Like, I get it. You might not have the friendliest contracts there. Yeah, some of that sucks. But, but what's, the, what's the difference going to make if you can the coach or you you can the GM? I mean, I really don't think that they are that team's problem.
0: They're they're definitely not. It just seemed like it was maybe one of those things where they just wanted a, a reset in the organization to maybe make some of their top guys' hair stand up on the back of their necks or necks, I guess, where like we fired a Hall of Fame coach. And well I guess if Joel Quenville was fired, he'd be unemployed for as long as he wanted to be, right? Like if there is any coaching opening, he would be contact- contacted and offered a big contract. But yeah. The Bowman thing, like where was Stan Bowman going to go? Like, I don't think they were there. But apparently, Quenville was pissed off last year because they fired his assistant coach who happened to be his best friend. But that's what do I know?
1: Yeah, I see that. That was something where, you know, one thing I didn't like, there was a couple of articles. I think it was by Darren Drager or someone who was, I got the shout out former dub, dub grad. But, um, yeah, I, I, there was just, there's some articles that were like, "Oh, Quenville's bad at this, and you know he doesn't do this right. He should do this with the team." And it's like, shut up! You're not in those shoes. Like, you know, we've got no clue what it's like to be coaching two guys who are taking up 20 million dollars of your salary cap, or three D-man who are taking up 14 mil, who are playing bottom bottom three defenseman minutes. Like, it's uh, they're they're not in a good situation, but yet again, I mean. Is their window closed? I don't think so. they got some great young players coming up. And I still think Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are not bad players yet. They're not that old where we can consider them uh a liability or whatever to their team.
0: You're paying Taves to be a 2A forward. You're not paying him to get you 90 points a year. You're paying him to get, play good 2A and be a leader. I think the bigger biggest problem is probably their defense because... Like, you look at Seabrook, and Six and I saw something on Keith this week, and I think it was Friedman, he asked the, some assistant coach about Keith's struggles, and he said that it's on the power play because he can't shoot anymore.
1: Is, the, is there, like, an injury or something that leads up to that, or, you know, like, why would he just all of a sudden lose that?
0: I don't know. It's not like he ever had, like, a bomb from the point, but he still skates and can get into the right places.
1: Fair enough. That's a that's a tough one. That seems like one of those contracts that's probably buyout material. But um enough with Chicago. Well uh, one of the funny things that I saw this week was that, that list of like predictions from the start of the year from some of those Edmonton Media guys, and we went over this, so I mean Stanley Cup final predictions. The only one was uh Robert Tichkowski. He had Tampa over Nashville in the finals. That's respectable. Um, Ellingson has Chicago winning, Matheson has Edmonton, and Terry Jones has Pittsburgh beating Edmonton in the final. I mean, you obviously saw that list. That's, that just shows what the the media is coming to nowadays.
0: Edmonton media is the worst because seem to think that they have some sort of place or status just because they work in Edmonton, which I guess is probably a top five hockey market media-wise and they seem to think they have some sort of status about where they are and how their careers are, where they think that they can just tweet all this stuff and make all these predictions without consequences. And that, that Titkowski guy at the at the Blades game, well, it wasn't the Blades game, but at SaskTel Center in Saskatoon, uh, Edmonton was playing Carolina. And in the media lounge, there's, I guess, like coffee and donuts for the media. Like it's not a full-course meal you're going to get at Roger's Place, right? And then he tweeted something. He's like, in case you are wondering what gas stations look like in the 1950s, this coffee here is it or something. And it was just like some sort of arrogant comment where he tried, like, kind of like putting somebody under the bus in the Blades organization, which was kind of stupid of him.
1: Get out of the stoon, buddy. That's, uh, I, that, yeah, there's no need for that shit anywhere. I mean, get over it. We don't, I don't, I really don't care. Where you are, where you're writing from. I mean, if you've got legitimate facts, if you've got legitimate reasons, okay, well listen, I mean, if you're gonna say Carter Hart's a Calgary Flames prospect and try rip us on Twitter, that, I mean, we'll laugh in your face. That's, that's obviously, I mean, you're a clown, but there was another one that was absolutely stupid on that, uh, that list. Who picked the goalie from Chicago? Who was that again? Cause someone, uh, oh, uh, I don't know. the Calder. The calder was for Anton Forsberg. That's what Terry Jones picked. That's, that was
0: what, was. what was he gonna do?
1: That was off the charts. Like, they. Yeah, that one was boggling because they've got Crawford and they've got other good North American goalies in the system. Like, what did you see in Anton Forsberg? That was like, damn, this guy's a calder for sure. Like, you didn't see, well, Brock Besser last year. Even just his little run at the end, that would have, that would have probably been one of my guys. I don't mind Charlie McAvoy either as a, as a pick, because I mean, coming into it, you see the end of last season, right? You're like, okay, these guys have potential, but Anton Forsberg's off the rails.
0: Yeah, like that's that's ridiculous, and I I think I tweeted this out, but I said that well, they were bitter, they didn't want to pick a Western Canadian rival at Besser to win the the Calder. And then they didn't want to pick a guy who they pretty much traded to when they called
1: her and Matt Barzell, right fair enough that's uh I, I do remember seeing that it's kind of funny gotta love him gotta love him yeah everyone picked uh Vancouver to be the worst Canadian team, so maybe they they had something there uh I love uh when guys are picking Winnipeg to be the the most uh disappointing team of the year like all right, shove it that's a uh, then surprising team like. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where these guys are, are picking or getting their facts from, but all of them just seem like, if I was going back to last summer, like, none of these seem like logical choices. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm an NHL expert. I mean, I hardly, hardly kicked around to the minors. But it's something where, dude, I mean, to pick Buffalo as your surprising team or Phoenix... Dude, you, you do realize they've got Antti Ranta as their goalie and Buffalo has Robin Leonard. <laughs> like, those I are-
0: Ranta just signed an extension.
1: Yeah, I seen three-year deal. so hey. Term, 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 that's what you want, right? 15 years, 15 mil, take it. Take it, 1 mil a year. Uh, yeah, Ranta, that's a pretty solid deal for him, but he's not gonna be playing. Darcy Kemper, shout out, Sasky Boy. Surprising players of the year, Drake Kajula and Anton Slepyshev.
0: That just doesn't make sense. Like, if you saw those guys last year, you saw that they were they were just kind of like byproducts of a good team last year. And then this year, when they put on themselves, they look like shit. Like, they don't look like shit, but like, chef you watch him play, and he has like nine goals this year, and I don't think he's made one play where you're just like, oh, yeah, that was a really good pass. Like, he just goes straight ahead and tries out skating everyone. <laughs> and he, it really doesn't work. And then Kedula... He just, he doesn't really look like an NHL player to me. He's just kind of out there skating around. And like, he just like is too like, like, he moves too much out there, it seems like, where he's just like, tries to do too much with the puck or he's never in the right position and he's small and yeah, that, that
1: doesn't make sense. Still seems like he's adjusting from college and I get it. I mean, it's, it's whatever. It's your first couple of seasons is going to take some time, but he doesn't have the right, People around him, and I don't think Slepyshev, I mean, I think Slepyshev's a KHL star. That's, that's where he should be. That's, I mean, as simple as you want to put that. Obviously, it'll be fun to play in Edmonton, but is he ever going to be some of the surprising 40 goal scorer? No. I mean, th- th- that's a long lost train. If that guy gets 20 goals in a season, they should be thrilled. 15. 15 would be happy. I mean, a little bit far, but, um, well, speaking of uh, reporters, we've been ripping that Calgary media guy. Uh, we'll go with first name basis, Eric. He was. Uh, it seems like he just caught on about the Flames' character, emotional engagement, and that stuff, and uh, how some of their top players weren't emotionally invested. Something I, I believe you wrote about a couple of months ago. So uh, I, I just I don't see why some of that stuff. You know, it kind of takes a little bit longer to get out there. It just seems like something where we've been seeing this all year. Guys like Gaudreau and Monaghan just don't look into it.
0: Yeah, and it dates back how many years now? Well, well I guess most recently last year playoff where I think Monaghan, like they had four goals on the power play total, or Monaghan had four and then Gaudreau had four assists, and like even strength, they were terrible. This year you see seen Gaudreau and Monaghan get into a big game and they just fold it. And they're like they didn't seem to have that guy. Like I know Furlan was kind of that guy for them early in the year that he got hurt and then kind of came back down to earth a a little bit. But like they just didn't. Like you watched them and you just wanted more from them, right? Where you'd say, okay, like we need a big play here, and then they turn it over and something bad would happen to them. Like outside of
1: overtime, they weren't really good at even strength this year. I'd agree with that. That Monahan was actually sick in overtime, so I loved watching that. But I would agree they were ghost players. They were they were like the type of guys who leaders must have just hated seeing them on the ice. Like they've got so much potential, and you're just out there for a joyride. So that's that that's clearly a piss off. And you know I can see why the Flames didn't have success this year. It just it wasn't a team effort and. I hope they can still pull through next year. I still think Mike Smith has it. I think they have to use him better at the start of the year. I think he's got to stay healthy, obviously, but I'm not counting the Flames out for next year. I still think that they can be a playoff team. It's Guys like Gaudreau and Monaghan really have to decide if they want it, or if they don't, I hope the Flames can trade them while they still have got value. Hot take. Hot take. Well, might as well uh, bring on uh Wurzy now. That's uh, It's a good time to do that. we got a lot of NHL talk out of the way, so uh, let's bring on Brett Wirt. Everyone seems to be so busy these days, and I bet you're always on the go, eh, Adam? Uh, after lunch seems to be the worst time, too, right? Right when that coffee crash starts to hit you hard. You know as well as I do, the boys on our team need us, ASHL. You may have a family to go home to or errands to finish, but it can seem impossible to find that energy, especially after a long day of work. It sounds like you might need some new energy in your life. Always helps. New Energy is a smarter choice because it's powered by the goodness of blueberries and antioxidants. It's a clinically proven chewable tablet that gives you a boost of energy and focus without the awful crash of caffeine. Best part, there's zero sugar, zero calories, zero crash, and jitters. Want New Energy shipped right to your door? You can find it online through the link on our website, World Hockey Report, on Amazon, or getnewenergy.com. That's getnewenergy.com. No hassle, no more stopping at the gas station or coffee shop every morning. Each stick of new energy comes in a resealable package with three servings, so you can easily take it with you wherever you go. They're chewable, taste great, and melt right in your mouth, so you can take them without water, whether you're a serious athlete or a nine to five workhorse. Get the energy you need everyday life, get new energy. Now we're gonna bring them on. Brett War. Join now a uh, German champion them on, interview of course brought by New Energy. Go try them out. Looking for some different supplements, anything like that. New Energy will power you up. Oh yeah, we got Brett Wirt. Manitoba boy gets back from the season, joins us on the show. Hey, thanks for coming on.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Okay, uh oh, that was your first season overseas after university. But what well, what was it like? And then obviously, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the championship and stuff later. But what's that adjustment to your first season overseas?
2: Uh, it, was, you know, it was a little bit uh, taking adjustment. It was uh, getting used to the different culture, language, uh, different ice surface, how they, how they maintain it, how they sharpen skates, I mean, little things like that. It, it was a little, definitely an adjustment too, but overall it was just a fantastic experience. Uh, definitely one for the, the memory bank.
1: Now, now it's all you got to say. It's fantastic, obviously, but you got to deal with some uh, fun guys there. The Russians are obviously interesting. Um, they're not listening, so I mean we don't have to go with names or anything. But Frick, I mean, I, I think everyone who's played hockey's had to deal with them, and they're just asshats for some of that. So was there was there anything like you know that that stuck out with like just damn these guys are weird?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Every time you know we had we had half a room that was. Uh you know the russian or lithuanian or siberian so they they spoke all russian half side of the room and everybody else between the german, swede, finnish, canadian, we all spoke kind of english so everybody could understand uh so a lot of the time in the dress room they just kind of would nod at you if you were trying to talk to them they had no idea what you were probably saying uh we had some i roomed with two of them for a little bit we had uh uh 48 hour party nights uh, I don't know if they slept very long, and, and uh, yeah, they were. Uh, you know, they asked asked for a little bit of money, and you said you ask them kind of what for, and and they said, oh, no, it's good to have. Or you know, we they one guy said, uh, oh, I don't have cash, I just have card. And they said, oh, we have card, we drive you to machine. oh, <laughs> uh, no, we, we I, my card doesn't work now. But uh, <laughs> they, did, they had some pretty interesting moments. Uh, good players, but. Uh, uh, very hard to read sometimes.
1: <laughs> and they, they just don't give two shits about defense. It was probably one of your your first times playing with them, but that's an eye opener.
2: Uh yeah, especially when I had a fill in on defense. You're looking to make a breakout pass, and next thing you know, they're standing almost sipping the goalie's water bottle down at the other end. Uh, but yeah, they uh, like when we had a we had a ten nine game. We won against one of our rivals. And uh, we had, uh, I think we lost 6-2, and I think so out of the 15 goals, I think they were out there for like 9 or 10 of them, almost, almost the majority of them.
1: Hey, as long as they're scoring, they're happy. That's the, that's the best thing. But uh, I, I know you're not going to pump your own tires, so I will, but you're kind of a jack of all trades this season. You, uh, you're a German, Russian, Canadian, American coach, whatever the hell he was. But he kind of used you all around, so just, just give me the rundown on that. I mean, you, you played every position.
2: Uh, so I started off defense because we, we brought in uh, too many forwards, so they didn't have a lot of defense, so they uh, he's like, well, I'm putting you in defense, because he knew I played a little bit in college and my last year junior, so I said, okay, whatever, I mean, it's uh, it's getting me a place to play and a chance to stay overseas, so I was, I was happy with it. Um, it was a little bit of whirlwind at the start, getting adjusted to some things, I mean, we'll We only had me and one other D that played defense, and the other ones were forwards for the first little bit. And then uh, our coach got hurt. So he was a player coach towards MCL, and then I went and I played center. So then I played center. We ran two centers and three sets of wingers for majority of the year. And then when he came back, I I played center. And then if a D got a penalty, I went back to D. And then if a forward got hurt or – wasn't playing well, I moved to forward when we went down to two lines, so yeah, I played played almost everywhere this year
1: except goalie. That That's some East Coast shit right there, just kind of, wherever the lineup needs you, right, guys getting called up, hurt, whatever, that, that's hilarious, but um, yeah, we were, we were talking a little bit earlier too about the, the fans there, it's, you, you played college, you played out in Trinity and stuff in BC, and you, you played juniors obviously, but there there's nothing like those fans in Europe, eh?
2: No, I'd say the closest thing I had to something like that would have been probably Game 7 when we won the championship in juniors. We had a uh, sold-out rank for, uh, I think it was like 3,000. And they weren't rowdy necessarily during the game. Like, after we won, it was pretty rowdy. Or when we scored a goal, they would throw, uh, like, a fish on the ice because we were called the fishermen. So. Right. That was that was kind of cool. That was probably maybe the the funnest experience I had. And then once I went over to Germany, it was it was intense. Like we averaged I'd say 600 fans per game, and it felt like there was maybe 2,000 in there, like chanting all game, flag waving. Um, when we played our rivals, we went from 600 fans to 1,500. Like we had visiting fans almost right up to our bench. Uh, we didn't have we didn't have glass on one end of our rink, so. It was a straight mesh, and then you know when you get hit into the mesh, their their face is right there. You think you're going to hit them? Um, I'm surprised no like nobody stick went through the mesh or puck went through the m- mesh and killed somebody there. It was, but it was cool. It was um, they had flags. Uh, probably the f- the funniest thing I experienced was I was I was getting a penalty, and as I was skating to the box, their fans are right behind where we entered to the box. And a guy was standing right behind the uh, the box, and he just rolled up a, f- a banner. And on the banner was a big middle finger in uh, in their colors. <sighs> so I gave him props for that one. I said I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Gotta love him. Gotta love- Did anyone uh, shoot off flares? That was the worst. That was, I mean, seeing some of that stuff overseas in the Czech, like when they shoot off flares and, like, smoke bombs, you actually have no clue what the hell is going on.
2: We, we didn't have any flares we had some uh, oh I don't know what they're called because they're kind of like pops So you just throw them they pop all the time. Um, they had a few of those one game. Uh, we had a lot of police at our game, so it was kind of tame. We got obviously the beer cups thrown on the ice and stuff like that. Uh, Confetti canyons was uh, very popular. Um and and sparklers a lot of people with sparklers like uh, either before or after the games they'd light them up and and stuff like that so
1: that's the interest that's like a birthday party but <laughs> you're like well it's an <laughs> interesting place to have a sparkler or anything that's uh, obviously you gotta try a lot of German beer and food and stuff what was some of your favorite stuff over there?
2: oh definitely the beer I'd have to tip my hat to that one I mean that was I mean I don't think I can say there's a better beer in the better beers in the world um, and I'd say out of the beers i tried uh my favorite had to be augustina uh it's i think the guys are telling me it's one of the older breweries in the country and it's from munich and we actually got got uh twice to go down to the brewery itself in munich and we sat down and it's one thing to have the beer in, in from the bottle uh in germany but we actually got to take it right from the tap and they they had a the, the mad power elevator to bring up the barrels and it was just it was like liquid gold it was like i didn't want to leave without them taking a barrel home with me
1: that's um, unreal it was
2: it was good the food was delicious uh you know got experience some uh true uh bavaria dishes which were unbelievable fresh um probably one of the better ones i had was the bavarian half duck it was so good
1: a duck eh I talk That's, that's got to be some Manitoba stuff there eh? Like you know just uh, going out and shooting in the field
2: Yeah yeah but it uh, beats it
1: <laughs> Solid solid that's for sure Now with um, you know you, you got to trial that, that beer and food and stuff Did you ever go through that stage like a month or two in, where you just felt like shit I know that, that usually hits a lot of people It hit me where kind of It's like that three four week stage Where all of a sudden you're like Okay maybe I'm not adjusted to all this <laughs> I've just been eating myself stupid
2: get too much into like uh have a a phase like that um for most part i was it was pretty good uh i had a variety of variety of food i mean i had some food in check before going to germany and then germany itself uh for most part i actually my body adjusted pretty well to it
1: That that's that's already then. I mean, but you're you're a league champion, so that championship series. I I know it was a crazy one. You guys uh, made a comeback. Walk me through that last game, that last period there, kind of. Because I mean, you said it it was obviously nuts. So walk me through that one, and then just what what it's like. I mean, obviously, champion your first year of pro. That's outrageous. Yeah, I mean,
2: uh, well, just even just lead up. I mean, we were we were playing a pretty pretty solid game. Uh I mean they had you know, they got two shots through and they were tip goals. Um so uh, we went into the second intermission down two nothing and I was I was saying we were playing we were playing fairly well. I mean they got a few lucky bounces and when we got our chances they either goalie made a save or we you know, we just didn't we didn't capitalize, but we were getting chances. So guys were looking kinda a of little gloom in the room and I said, Guys, we're right in this one shot that we're right back in it. I mean you gotta you know, one goal down with a minute left. I mean, seeing the NHL, I think uh, King's tied up with less than a second. So um, I was telling the guys, like, let's just stay positive. We, you know, we'll get our chances, and we just got to bury it.
1: It was all Wurzy, all Wurzy there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then, so then we got into, I think we had a power play. And uh, I was on the power play, and I was walking the line, and I kind of just trying to find a stick because the guy actually – locked majority of the nets of my lane so i couldn't i couldn't get it on nets the next option was gonna be kind of banked off the wall hopefully it got a nice balance up front but i just waited a guy battled hard and got free of a guy and got a stick free so i shot for a stick and he tipped it kind of went towards net to a guy that was standing there and he put it in the open net and so now we're you know we're believing like we got a we got a chance here and then i think it was the next shift right after that I like think we um I I was sitting on the bench. I didn't even get to see it because I was uh got off the ice a little tired and trying to get some water and get ready to go back out there. And we tied it up. And so you know, when Al were like, "Hey guys, like we have eight minutes left or nine minutes left, and let's let's uh, you know, let's work to get another one." And it was like maybe like two shifts later. It was just a little pass from the corner, and the guy just kind of went to throw it on net and just shot it really quick. And goalie misplayed it and went off his of stick and in the net and now we're up 3-2, and all the guys are going nuts, and we're like, oh, shit, though, like, we have six minutes, we gotta kill this all off now, like, we we can't sit back, but, you know, we can't go full-on attack like we were. And so they had some chances, our goalie bailed us out, played really well, um, we got in there, blocked a lot of shots, uh, they had a power play late, so it was kind of a little nerve-wracking there, um, took a few good block shots, took a big hit in the corner, and uh, you know you do what you got to do to win and the last little count down there was uh it was unbelievable it's uh you know even when we were on the road we got to experience it with our fans uh, we had a, a half our bus was filled with our fans and then we had a whole fan bus coming down so they were all pretty pumped up and we had fans taking pictures with us uh, you know we had beer on the ice and then next thing you know the Zamboni person wants to kick us off and we got our picture and then we got booted off the ice so we kept partying in the dressing room.
1: Frick, I bet the boys got in one after that. That would have been a, a pretty rowdy, pretty rowdy scene, especially for your first one in Germany. So, hey, no, no, thanks for coming on though. We do appreciate that as always. Always good to get some insight on the boys who are playing overseas and we'll definitely uh, uh, follow up with you for sure.
2: Uh, I appreciate, appreciate having me.
1: Thanks, of course, Worzy for joining us. That's uh, geez, I some of those stories from playing over there. I mean, obviously he can't say he he hates Russians. That's that's not appropriate, but they're just a pain in the ass to play with. So that's uh, that's kind of sucks. But hey, Western Hockey League playoffs. We haven't got to that. Let's touch up on that before we wrap up here. But crazy first round. What was your favorite series? Because I mean, I know for me, I'm gonna be biased on this one. So uh, that. That that Swift Regina was insane, but was there any one that you were kind of like glued to?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd fall, I was following Sean PA one quite a bit because, like, uh, I didn't get to go down, but a couple of my buddies went down to PA, I think, to watch Game Four. But yeah, Show went up three one, PA came back tied at three three, and then eventually lost in Game Seven, I think. But yeah, that was a, that was like the one versus eight series two type thing. and that's really
1: good. That was a, that was a pretty crazy one. As you're falling asleep here mid show, that, that's, uh, yeah. that's always that's always little cool. yawn, little little yawn. Never heard anyone before we get uh, a Friday night <laughs> in one. That's that Halifax Yeah, that Moose Jaw series was lit because PA was actually leading in Game Seven too, and then they uh, blew that. So, okay, we got uh the the quarterfinals, semifinals, round two, whatever you want to call it. Set. Uh in the West, Victoria Tri City. Who you picking? How many games? I'll go
0: Tri-City in six, uh, just because, as I think I mentioned maybe last week, that their top three players, uh, Rasmussen, Bean, and Valamacki, they only played 120 games for them, so that's out of a possible 200 Some, some. I think that if they get the goaltending from Patrick Day, and if Geeky, or Morgan Geeky, keeps going, I think that they'll win in six.
1: They were nasty against Kelowna. That's a, that's a high scoring team. I agree. It's going to come down to Day versus Outhouse in goal. That's, um, Victoria is still solid. I'm not going to count them out, but yeah, I would probably tr- take Tri-City in six if I got to pick. Everett and Portland.
0: Oh, um, I'll go Everett in six. They played two less games than Portland in the first round and I just think that Carter Hart, he kind of had a so-so first round. Like, he wasn't great until the last game, I guess, where he had a shutout. But I think that Hart will be Kaler, Cole Kaler, Portland's goalie. And then, you know, I like Garrett, I guess, Pilon, my boy, shout-out Saskatoon, he was really good in the first round. Then Bykov and Matt Fontaine, I think that they'll match better than what people give them credit for with Cody Glass and Bellows. But, yeah, Gavard in six.
1: That's an interesting one. I, Everett's good. I mean, Carter Hart's obviously a, a phenomenal goaltender. Didn't have a great first round. I liked Portland shout out Calgary though. great Flames. Yeah, shout out, shout out Flames prospects. Uh, that's, oh my goodness. What a, what a story. What a story. Uh, Portland though. They've got tons of firepower up front. I, Kiefer Bellows is nasty. The more I watch this kid, the more, I mean, he's an, he's, he's an NHL scorer. He's, he's bound for that. They also got Cody Glass, so yeah. If they can get that goaltending, I think they can take Everett in seven. That's I'll go Portland in seven. Oh.
0: big one. They do have better D though. Like I guess they got a couple first round picks and Chelkowski and Yokoharu on the back end, so they're stronger than Everett's.
1: I'd agree. I'd agree there. Lethbridge and Brandon. One storyline, I—if you listen back to two weeks ago, I shit you not, I called this one. I said Brandon that they don't have the goaltending in Logan Thompson. I called that too. So Dylan Miskew steps in. Guy played sick. They won four straight. Put up a nine to eight save percentage, like that. I mean, four straight wins over the Hat. That's impressive. So uh, it's, that's huge kudos there. I think Miskew's a Sasky boy too, isn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. Have to do some research, but uh, not on this show. No, we just uh, wing it. So, who do you got there, Lethbridge, Brandon?
0: I'll go Lethbridge in six, and maybe for like a strange reason, but Brandon had to do so much travel in the first series, and it's even worse in this series, right, where they have to go across across a province, bus ten, twelve hours. Um, and I think Leth, is better than Miscue. And then Brad Morrison was awesome in the first series. And then that Dylan Cozens guy, who I think he's from like up north somewhere, uh, he'll be a first round pick next year, I believe. And he was really good in the first series too.
1: Now I'm going to go a little bit different than you because I, I view this one differently is Brandon already has that, uh, that series under them with stupid travel. So now this is going to be something new for Lethbridge. Like, like, you know, I think this is going to go the opposite way. Where I, I like Flodell, I mean I think he's a he's a great goalie, but maybe Brandon's a little bit more prepped for this one and I, I really think that that's a team who really sees an opportunity to to make it to the Mem Cup with uh or make it to the league finals. Now with this easier path of not having to go through swift current, moose job I mean regina, PA even. So I, I think Brandon's gonna take this one and I'll say five. I got Brandon in five here. Oh, hot take, hot take. Ah, uh, last one, the most and, exciting uh, I guess, one. I, okay. I got, okay. I got one more note on that series. One more note.
0: Um, for anybody who is ripping Brandon for selling off Clegg and Caspic, um, if they did sell off those guys, they probably would have lost to Swift in the first round. So they made it easier and they built themselves for the future. So I just got to throw that in there.
1: Yeah, huge shout out to uh, whoever Brandon's GM is. Is it still Corey in there? Mac- no, oh, no, He
0: that, that asshole's far gone.
1: He was there. Hey, he was there back in the day. That's uh the Cody Jans enlisted days. So that's uh um
0: it's I think it's David Anning and Grant Armstrong. One's the head coach and one's the. Oh, okay. the GM. I think. Ar- yeah, Ar- Armstrong's the GM. Grant yeah, I- Armstrong. They have like a hundred point guy, in Ty Lewis, who so they carry their team.
1: I hope they got rid of whoever's there when they uh, decided that I was a good idea to bring into town. So, uh, probably a smart call. The the best series in the dub, though. I mean, this might as well be a league championship series. Moose Jaw and Swift, round two, meeting up as everyone dreaded. It's a crazy one, but give me your pick. Swift-Kern. takes
0: it in six on home ice. Uh, Booty just isn't the answer in that for Moose Jaw.
1: I agree. I didn't like him in round one. Wasn't a fan at all. Yeah, Swift in six is, I mean, that was, that seems a reasonable to get to home ice. I don't want to say Swift in five, but to, just to choose something different than you, I'll go Swift in five. I, let's not say that Stuart Skinner's the answer for Swift current either, but yeah, I'll take Skinner over Wilms. That's, I was not impressed with him. I wasn't impressed with Moose Jaws defense of how PA got them running around. Like, Moosejaw was living off some Hail Marys there. If it wasn't for that Almeida kid, or Almeida, whatever, I mean, he was he was clutch. That's a Captain Clutch move right there, and I just don't think they can do that against Swift Current. I I don't.
0: No, they can't, and they're probably in for a rude awakening, because if they had trouble stopping, like, Fawnstead and Parker Kelly, I think they're going to have a worse time with Godin and Steenberg, those guys.
1: Heppo Niemi puts up zero bingos, ten apples. Steinberg at six and six, so yeah, they're gonna be solid. That's um, are you gonna change your uh, WHL champion pick now, or who who are you gonna stick with?
0: No, I'll stick with or, did I say
1: Everett. over us try Everett Swift. You I don't know. You just said Everett to win, so
0: yeah, I'll, I'll still pick
1: Everett to win. Well, I'll still stick with Swift then. That's uh, round two predictions. World Hockey Report. Follow us at on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Any uh oh you had a hot blog this week. Let's uh check that one out. World Hockey Report. Might as well go read some blogs while you're at it, I mean and check out some of the new new energy banners. We've redesigned it, so uh yeah, it's looking fresh. Um, John Tavares this is this his last week coming out to last games as an Islander.
0: Probably. Like that new that rig situation just kind of screws them.
1: I'd agree. That's that's something where I don't think any player wants to be in and Why would you want to sign a six-year deal at four years? You don't even know if you have a home rink.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like if you're, like, let's say you're going to work every day, but you don't have the proper building, so you can take the chain and then take a half-hour bus ride or whatever. Like It's just like one of those things where you compare it to the real world and it doesn't make sense.
1: I'd agree with that. That's, uh, it's a great read. Go check it out. Uh, Adam's got his blog up there. My most recent was, uh, Frozen Four by the Numbers. So, uh, just kind of looking at some of those AJ, er, uh, like Canadian Junior B guys. Obviously, like the BCHL's stacked in college hockey. But, um Nick Deary at Minnesota Duluth, the lone MJHL player from the SJ. There's Benjamin Pat and Blake Young, both at UMD. They're moving on to the finals. Shout out, Frozen 4. AJHL, they got five alumni. Parker McKay, Nick McCormack, and Sammy Sprell at UMD. Then, uh, Ohio State. Two losers. Kevin Miller and Sasha Laroc. Yeah, the, the Birda boys there. They're at Ohio State. So, yeah, it's cool. I mean, UMD. Man, if they win, that's, um. you're bringing in the true, the true hockey players, the true junior A guys. I think that's some of the, the last leagues that prove, like, the true junior hockey style of like rough and tough and grit and still have some skill out there. So yeah, nothing like the good old MJ, SJ, and even the AJ. It's, uh, hey, great to see them doing good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: I think, uh,
0: well, when we took a couple of years ago, we were talking to their head coach. He walked by us and introduced himself and to some sort of connection. And he said that. Their team relies on some of their Canadian and like saskatchewan Alberta guys to kind of come in and do the heavy lifting
1: I'd agree I mean it's uh it's kind of those rough and tough playoff guys that really do that that's your glue guys on the team I mean Sasky boys there's nothing like them that's i'll uh, I'll stick to that one until I die that's uh that's a great but uh wrapping it up the masters golfing everyone's uh obviously got some sort of an eye on that who's your pick to win this year
0: Well, I'd actually like Tiger Woods to an all stupid poll the other day. I was like, who would you rather win, Tiger Woods or Adam Hadwin? And I'd obviously rather the Canadian guy win. Um, My pick, like, I always pick Ricky Fowler, but he never actually wins. He's just, like, a top five guy. But my pick will be Justin
1: Thomas. Really? Thomas, he's a... What's he at right now? I, I don't even see him on the leaderboard, so maybe I have to look down farther. But yeah, I, I like Ricky Fowler as well. But if I'm going with someone, it's Jordan Spieth right now. I I, I really like him. I mean, I, I think that he's gonna be able to pull through and just get better as the the weekend goes on. So if you're in Georgia, go stop by Augusta. That that'd be nasty to go to one day. I'd love to love to go check that out. Anything uh, you're, you're hitting up on the Netflix now?
0: Well, just last note on, a guest. my dad. went, But he only went to the practice round, and he said he'd rather do that, do that, just be phoning, and you can get basically as close as you want, and there's not as many people. And he said it was just really cool to see guys, like, hit, like, 30 shots out of the sand and, like, stuff like that, hey.
1: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty badass, actually. You don't really think about that, just seeing some of the skill of those golfers. I, I've heard guys like uh, Mickelson and stuff, like, I mean, they're just draining like 20, 30 foot putts for fun. Like, you know, it's just like putt after putt. We're trying out the greens. That's, uh, would be pretty cool to see. Probably, probably something that I'd put on the life list to go check out. Other than that though, uh, anything, uh, topical crazy, uh, going through the trout waves? Uh,
0: no, just if you follow us on Twitter, don't, um, and you want to have a good friendly argument, don't start calling us assholes and pricks after the first, uh, two tweets.
1: No kidding! That was that was just outrageous, and like the the, (laughs) I don't even know like we I honestly I I didn't we didn't reply anything bad to him either. We were just like, no, your facts are wrong. Like, like come on! I mean, but they they didn't
0: tweet anything. They didn't tweet anything factual. If anybody's listening to this, confused, go look at her tweets. Um, There's a girl named Shannon, some defense minister, and another guy, and I just replied to. I said like I think Shirely like ruined this team. And then she, this girl was like, well, look how good our prospects are. And I was like, well, don't inflate our prospects just because we have three of them. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, she just started calling us assholes. And then she told us that Calgary's only good prospect was Carter Hart, which is so far wrong. And then they said we didn't tweet anything factual. And I tweeted them like a note on uh, as to why they weren't as good as she thought they were.
1: Yeah, that was that was outrageous because it was, I mean, shout out to people who have fake Twitter accounts for one or like ones with like zero followers. And like, it's like, they're just there to stir up the pot, but yet again, I mean, come, come at us with facts and we'll talk. But if, uh, if all your facts are wrong and if your your next goal is just to, to chirp us when we tell you that you're wrong, like eh, maybe, maybe stay away from world hockey Report. even though we do appreciate all the follows. Uh, I don't know what we're at right now, probably seventy five hundred plus. So uh let's get the boys up to what do you say about seventy thousand? That seems reasonable, right? Get the get us there by yeah, Sunday. Maybe a hundred thousand. Hundred K by Sunday and we'll buy everyone's sweaters. That's uh that's a, that's a good thing right there. So uh yeah. No, hey, thanks uh for everyone for listening in. Of course, hey shout out to Worsy again for coming on the show. Absolute beauty. Have to catch up with that guy. Maybe get him in studio once, that'd be that'd be pretty sick. We'll uh crush some beers with him. Other than that, World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. Another week, April 6th, coming to you on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Of course, find the show after on iTunes. Have a good weekend.